it's wonderful to be here with you today and to uh, to see people I know and some I haven't seen in a while. I just got back from New Mexico. Uh, the church is well in New Mexico. The sun is hot. I, I peeled a couple of layers, got out in the sun a little too much on Saturday. Uh, but uh, anyway, it was a good good journey. And since I've seen you, I've been a number of places. I was three weeks in Portugal in um, January. Cool. Had to dodge COVID from village to village and city to city, and and uh, managed to to uh, find the effective door. And was asked if I would meet with a few pastors, five or six, spontaneously. So I agreed, and sixty six pastors showed up from various denominations, and that was great. So God is in charge. That's right. So if you uh, get intimate with Him, He'll guide your feet. Yeah. That's right. Come on. There's a lot going on, and uh, I realize we all have things going on in our own lives. We responded to a need this morning. So I, I would like to pray. I want to pray first and foremost that Holy Spirit, who's here in the name of Jesus, in the character, the nature, the way, the power, and the authority of all who Jesus is, and miracles are in the room. I want to pray for us. I also want to pray for our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine and in Russia. I'm praying for a grassroots revolution of life among the people. Come on. Uh, whatever the powers that try to control and manipulate people to do stupid things. Uh, I put that in the hands of the enemy. Just as we were in worship, uh, uh, God brought to my mind of... When Samson lit the foxes on fire, he tied the foxes to tail, tails together and he right. turned them loose in the Philistines' harvest. Just praying that any fox, little fox today, any little distraction, something that would try to spoil the vine, would uh, end up being the very thing that's used to destroy whatever is trying to attack you. <laughs> Let's not be distracted by things that aren't worthy, worth being attracted to. And uh, we're going to talk about that today. But Father, we come to you right now because we can. <laughs> what an awesome, awesome thing yes. that you are our father and we're your children. Uh, we weren't even by nature looking for you, but you were constantly looking at us. And you brought us near to you, even though we did not want to be. And some of us, maybe we're bound to the things that you've done, even the things that you've written. We're bound to your promises or bound to your book. But we were distracted from being near to you. And you brought us also near to you. So we thank you that we're near to you today. And that we have peace because you've given us peace. And so in this room, there's lots of circumstances some of us are facing very serious things, maybe loved ones who are going through tough stuff, situations in our practical life, our provision, our place of living, our place of working. We got stuff. And I just ask that you would move into every circumstance in this room today and let chains be broken, let shackles be broken off of legs and feet. Uh, let freedom come into our spirits that would flood our souls. And let this even be miracles. Touch physical bodies today. Let bodies be healed, cause 
trespassing cells, cancer cells to dissolve. Let breathing issues be cleared. Circulatory system problems be healed. Veins be opened. Uh, let minds be clear. Let the, even the temporary things be touched by the eternal love of you, Father. So we welcome you today in Jesus' name. I do pray for the Ukraine. I pray for Russia. I pray uh, for the people. I pray they find you that in the midst of the battles that your manifest presence would do supernatural things. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I'm supposed to head to Bulgaria on the 13th of this month, a couple of weeks away. I'm planning to do that. I have a plane ticket, so hopefully that'll all go. We'll be praying for that. Great things happening in Bulgaria. The three churches that I'm involved with there, manifest presence of God, phenomenal. And usually the church there, National Christian Center, is the is the base that I'm connected to there. They uh, they normally pray for America. They fast and pray for the first month of the year every year, and so they've been praying for us. So, and God's been doing great things with them. And so I'm excited to go back and to be with them. But today, I'm especially excited to be with you. Uh, if you follow my blogs, which is my Monday blog, TedNumber4YOU.com, or my Wednesday blogs, TedNumber4Leaders, if you're leading a duck, a dog, a cat, a human, you can apply to that, but I, I post every, every week. Now, I have to tell you, tomorrow's vlog, I did not listen to Pastor Bryce's video that he put out yesterday until after I wrote tomorrow's vlog. So keep that in mind that I did not. And I'm going to be speaking on some of the things today that the content was in your video yesterday, but I did not watch your video until I heard from God what to say. So they just let you know. Okay. So I'm going to talk to you about keeping your mind stayed on him. Keeping your mind stayed on him. Lots of things shaking in the world. Maybe lots of things shaking in your life. What's the secret to life? Keep your mind stayed on him. That's right. Keep focused on him. Don't keep don't be focused on what he's gonna do for you. Because he's probably gonna do it different than you think anyway. <laughs> and if you're focused on what he's gonna do for you, you might even miss what he's done after he's done it because you expected something that you're not looking at. He's always doing something wonderful in your life every day. So don't be distracted. Keep your mind stayed on him. That's good. This year. You know, every year God gives me a word for the year. And the past few years, you've experienced some of the fruit, some of the blessing of the words that God has given me. Uh, three years ago, God told me that it was going to be about faith. And I said, I don't like that because faith means I'm not going to know what I'm doing. <laughs> and God said, no, it's not that kind of faith. This is more intimate. This is deeper. This is not about knowing what to do. This is about knowing me. And so I went through a whole year season of just learning that. And then he said, you're going to discover me resting in your life. That was 2020. Before he, any lockdown happened, he said, this year, you're going to know me resting in your life. That when Hebrews 4 talks about resting, it's not you resting. It's you entering into the rest of the Lord. Oh, that's good. 
you living from the place where God rests. Humans rest because they're tired. God rests because he's satisfied. That's good. The first day of man's creation, the first day of man living after he's created, is God resting in his life. Therefore, man resting with God, entering into the rest of God before he does anything. It's a good idea to enter into the rest of God before you do a single thing. Amen. Otherwise, you get confused. You do lots of things, and then you'll strive to find some place to rest <laughs> because you're tired. You're exhausted when you should be inspired and filled with purpose because God likes you. He's resting in your life. And then uh, I told you last year when I came at the beginning of the year, I told you it was going to be the year of the rock. It wasn't necessarily going to be an easy year. 2021 was not necessarily an end of 2020, but it was going to be a year to know the rock, Christ, so that you could become like the rock, unshakable, immovable, dependable, a source of treasure, a source of water, something you can depend upon. And so hopefully you've experienced some of that. If you haven't, you got the memo now, catch up. So what is God saying to me this year? He told me that this year is a year of peace. So I responded by saying, okay, I thought I knew something about peace. So because you told me this is a year of peace, I must not know anything about peace. It's a good posture to take. When God says something to you, assume you don't understand any of it. Or you'll try to be his teacher. Oh, oh. Wow. And then he'll have a hard time getting through to you with what he wants you to experience. So take the posture. If you said that to me, and it's something that I thought I knew a lot about, I probably don't know anything about it. <laughs> so I've been in this peace thing. If you've been following my blogs, you've seen me or heard me in the audible section. I always audio record my blogs as well. You've heard me talking about peace and the peace offerings. Everything in the old covenant was a shadow of the new. The new covenant didn't come because the old covenant did not work. The old covenant existed because man failed to embrace what works. That's a good word. The new covenant is a personal relationship with God today in a time called now. So if you've got a calendar, make sure you go home today and check it out because the date is today. If you have a watch, look at it real quick, synchronize your watch. What time is it? Now. Okay, so it's always now and your calendar date is always today. So a little bit what Pastor Bryce was saying, if you're suffering with the condemnation from yesterday, you haven't looked at your calendar yet. It's today. And he said, today, if you will hear his voice. He didn't say today, if you'll beat yourself up for not hearing him yesterday. <laughs> he said, today, if you will hear. And the time is always now. Okay. And he's always doing something now. And so 
in the old covenant, they embraced a constant remember when. It was a remember when reality. It was based on God showing up doing something and then you remembering what he did and calling for him to do it again. We sing a lot of songs like that. <laughs> and it's good to remember what God did. It's good to desire him to do it again. But he's doing something right now. Always, always, always. Um, I don't believe that he ever wanted to be God. That's what he is. That's not who he is. And if you relate to him for what he is, yeah. you may never know who he is. Yeah. Who he is is father. He gives life. He gives breath. He gives all things. By definition, he gives, gives, gives. Yeah. He is life. And he gives life. He's always wanting to give. If you don't understand that he's father and you just view him for what he is, God, you'll get confused and you'll begin to think that he's a God like the gods of the world. You'll begin to think he's a taker. But there's nothing in his fabric, nothing in his being that ever takes. Never, never. He always gives life. He gives breath. He gives all things. Even when he became flesh and moved into the neighborhood as Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he didn't come as a taker, he came as a giver. He did not come to condemn the world. That was already happening. <coughs> Even when it comes to the judgments of God, read your Bible in its totality and don't read it out of context. In the original text, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, there are no chapters and there are no verse numbers. So I'm sorry, there is absolutely nothing spiritual about a chapter number or a verse number. Zero. Zippo. You can have it, but it'll, it'll make you mean, it'll make you tight. I'm sorry, just being honest. And you'll miss the story. You can say, well, it's John 3.16. A nice way to remember it, but know it. He loves you so much. He didn't come to condemn you. But he came so that you could believe in him. You could believe him. He came to get shame off of you. Amen. He came to tell you that you weren't born to be right. You were born to be loved. And when you get that revelation, you'll end up being right. So and what is right? So good. Right is always defined by how much life is coming off of you for the sake of your world. God wants you to bear fruit. He doesn't want you to be religious. He wants you to be real. Fruit makes somebody else come alive. If you're married, your spouse should be coming alive because of you. If you have a friend, your friend should like to see you. If you have an enemy, you should at least confuse your enemy. Because if you don't confuse him, you might be acting exactly like your enemy and making sense to your enemy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's true. That's so, so be a 
Fruit giver. Don't even be a fruit inspector. Quit looking at everybody else's fruit. Just start having some. Just, just let life come off of you. That's what your daddy does. That's what God, your father does. So the old covenant was a shadow of something new. Moses made a copy of what he saw in heaven. They perceived. And I don't think the Israelites ever understood what the shadow was because they turned it into ceremonies that were really only a shadow of relationships and celebrations. <laughs> they weren't meant to be rituals or ceremonies. Okay? Now, it was important they kept them exactly the way they were because they were a shadow of something that would look like that if you looked at the shadow. I don't know if we understand shadows in the Northwest too much because we constantly live in a shadow, especially this time of the year, right? But if we had a nice bright sun and a tree, we would know that the shadow only tells us there is a tree. It's a real shadow, but when you kiss it, it tastes like dirt. <laughs> it's a real shadow, but it's a real shadow. It's a real, not real. <laughs> What's its purpose? Its purpose is to tell you, look up. <laughs> look, here he is. So in the Old Covenant, various offerings were a shadow of something of relationship. In the Old Covenant, there was the peace offerings. Now, I'll pretty much guarantee when we talk about peace, and if we talk about a peace offering, our minds probably go to, what do I need to do to make sure God isn't ticked off at me? <laughs> what do I need to do to make sure we don't, that I don't need to be thrown in a volcano today? God doesn't view peace like that. The peace offering wasn't an offering that you made to make peace. It was an offering that you made because you have peace. Wow. And it was a community offering. Matter of fact, there's an obscure little verse in the Old Testament in the law that basically says an Israelite, if you want to eat meat, such as sheep, goat, or cow, it has to be part of a peace offering. It has to be shared with the family. Then you can eat it. So the peace offering was, because we have peace with God, one reason for a peace offering was, I'm really thankful. Because God did this. I'm talking about keeping your mind stayed on him. Your calendar says today, and your watch says now. If you have a bitter attitude, it's because your calendar is stuck on a day that's already gone. Or it's looking to a month that it hasn't turned to yet. And you lost your watch because you don't know what time it is. Bitterness doesn't live in the time zone of now. It's always connected to something in the past or some disillusionment of the future. 
and it creates a bitterness. So the time is now. The time is today. The, the calendar says today. So God wants us to know he's always doing something. So in the Old Covenant, in the shadow, if I see, well, God did this for me, I would want to make a peace offering. So the peace offering went like this. This was one reason for a peace offering. You would come to the priest, of which we are all priests now, but you would come to the priest and you would make a blood sacrifice, but that's already been done for us. Okay, the blood part of it has already been done for us. Okay, there's no more blood that needs to be shed. The life of the flesh has been given, so no one needs to live to die. Simply die to live. <laughs> Receive the fact that you died in Christ, the life that you now live. You live by faith in Him. That's good. Okay, so one reason would be you come for thankfulness and you share it with the community. We're in a time where God wants us to be a grassroots revolution of joined family. Yes. Where the little roots of the blades create a crop instead of performance leaders that tell us what to do. Performance is the thing of the past. And the thing of the presence is uh, wildfire, uh, God igniting our hearts together, uh, unity through diversity. And the source of our unity is him. Our unity is not the source of him. He is the source of our unity. What brings us together is his presence. So we're thankful. We're thankful. So this is a season of peace. It's a season to realize that no matter what your circumstance or situation is, God is doing something today. Did you see it? Yeah. That's a good word. And are you willing to share it with your family? Look what God did. The peace offering, you'd come and you'd bring this testimony. I'm thankful. And then you would give the you would give the, the blood and the fat would be burned. You know what that is? That's the life of the flesh and the strength of the flesh. Yeah. Why do you burn? Why do you give God the life of the flesh and the strength of the flesh? Because he wants to give you the life of the spirit yes. and the strength of the spirit. Yes. You don't need that. You don't need to be strong. He's strong. Amen. He is. That's good. The blood of the new covenant. It's not the life of the flesh. I've told you before, the Bible does not say the life is in the blood. It says the life of the flesh is in the blood. There's nowhere in the Bible where it says the life is in the blood. Only on the stupid banner that I made 30-some years ago and carried through the street. <laughs> In the Bible, it says the life of the flesh is in the blood. But you and I are the body of Christ, members of the body of Christ, not the body of self. The body of self is empowered by the life of the flesh. What can I get? That's flesh. But the body of Christ is empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's the blood of the new covenant. <coughs> little Bible lesson here. That's why when Jesus 
implemented when he fulfilled Passover. He took the cup after supper. If you look at Luke's account, there's two cups of four cups that are normally in a meal. They're the last two cups of the meal that he takes in that setting. One is the cup three before you eat the meal. He takes that and divides it among the boys. But then he takes the cup after they ate the lamb, which is cup number four. And he says, this is the cup of the blood of the new covenant. And cup number four is not the cup of blood. Unless you understand what blood it is. Cup number three is the cup of blood. Which blood? The blood of the flesh. So that you can eat the lamb. Once the lamb has been eaten, once you've received Jesus, you don't live by the blood of the flesh anymore, the strength of the flesh. You live by cup four, which is the cup of halal, which is the cup of the spirit, the cup of praise, to be declared legally insane by natural standards. That's what halal, it means to stultify. What's legally insane by natural standards? You're forgiven and you shouldn't be. You're loved, you shouldn't be. You're free, you shouldn't be. You're legally insane by natural standards. What are you drinking? You're drinking cup four. You're drinking the life of the spirit. The blood of the body of Christ is not the blood of the flesh. When Jesus appeared to his disciples after his resurrection, he said, touch and see if I am not flesh and bone. He didn't say flesh and blood. I'm flesh and bone like you, but I'm not flesh and blood like you. And I'm inviting you to become flesh and bone, but not flesh and blood. I'm inviting you to be the body of Christ, the place of my manifest presence in the earth. Okay, That's now so good. I'm just trying to get somewhere, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm in this hole. I'm getting there, but <laughs> okay. So we want the life of the Spirit. The peace offering is we've been given a connection to God that can never be taken away. Amen. Right now, it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. You have peace with God. And it's not the absence of conflict. It's the connection to him. Jesus said this in John 14. He said to his disciples. Now, when he said this to his disciples, they were about to go through. Almost all of them were going to be martyred. With the exception of John, who simply wasn't martyred because he didn't die. They boiled him in oil. And he didn't die. He must have been pretty. <laughs> okay, so he probably was thinking, I wish I could die in the process. Because I doubt that that was a fun day. So all the boys were about to go. He's talking in a room with his 11 friends because his one spiritual son who betrayed him, Judas, had already left the room. He was talking to his 11 friends, and he says to them something that would be true for them, their families, and their generation, and then also true for every generation that follows. 
He said this in verse 27 of John 14, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. In other words, the peace of God is going to be challenged by trouble and fear. Now, the world says this, change is the hope of peace. God says this, peace is the hope of change. Right now, in the Ukraine, they're hoping things change so they'll have peace. Maybe in Russia, they're believing, I hope things change so we'll have peace. Maybe you're thinking, I hope things change in my circumstance so that I'll have peace. I want to, you to get a revelation in your spirit today that you have peace, therefore you can know things will change. That's good. And you won't have peace because they change. You already have peace. Therefore, whatever change needs to happen will happen. It may not happen according to what you think that change should be. But God is a life giver. He's a life giver. So it's always going to end in life. He, in life. He even is able to take what the enemy intends for evil and turn it for good. That's right. He works it out for good. Not all things are good. That's right. But he's willing to work on your behalf. That's so good. See, I don't depend on his sovereignty. I depend on his love. I believe he can be sovereign, but I believe he chooses not to be as often as he can. Religion puts their hope in his sovereignty. Relationship puts their hope in his love. Really good. Do you know he's a creator? Did you know that? Which, which means that's his nature. Would you agree that's his nature? Then he must be creating things. No, he did that a long time ago and then he stopped. No, he's constantly creating. He's very creative. The more you get to know him, the more creative you'll be. That's right. So good. The, the more you get to know what he does, you'll be stuck in what he does because you put all your eggs in that basket. If you put your hope in what he does, you might miss what he wants to do because he just might want to do something you've never seen before. <laughs> Wouldn't that be what a creator does? Sure. <laughs> So we have peace. So thankfulness. A couple of other reasons for a peace offering would be uh, you do a, a, a peace offering when you are um, you make a vow. If such and such happens, this is where the old covenant saw you. If such and such happens, then I'll be I'll be thankful. It's not just a, something that God did, but it was some connection. Let me tell you what the vowed offering really is. You are a one and only son or daughter of God. Uniquely you, for the sake of bringing life 
to the table. Life to your world. And when you recognize that you are who you are because he is who he is and life happens at your table, it's a good time to make a peace offering. Like that. And that aspect is a wave offering, a praise to him because, look, I am who I am because he is who he is and life just happened at my table because I've got peace with God. Yeah. Really good. Third aspect, you're going to love this one. It's called submission. <laughs> it's called a heave offering. A submission is... I submit to you. Let me let me have a bottle of water there. I'm going to give you a best example of a heave offering. <laughs> I submit to you is unto the Lord. I never submit to a human as being the Lord. By the way, never. My wife does not submit to me as being her Lord. She submits to me as unto the Lord. She has the same Lord I do. And when she submits to me as unto the Lord, if I'm not being a life giver, then her Lord. Can get this Lord. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if she submits to me as being the Lord, it's old covenant, and you know what she gets? Me. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's a good word. <laughs> but if she submits to me as unto the Lord, then her Lord is also my Lord, and he gets me. I'll give you an example, a, a personal, practical example. Many, many years ago when I was going into ministry, I was 30 years old, so that's like, you know, 37 years ago. <laughs> and I was, I was uh, doing 40 hours of ministry on the street and 60 hours on my job. That's 100 hours a week. And I lived in a house that had no electricity except for when you started a generator, and it burned wood, heat, with three babies, three kids, and my wife was stuck in a two-and-a-half-mile driveway in a house that only had electricity when you started something. And she was doing all that stuff. Because I was gone 60 hours on my job and 40 hours on the street ministering. And one day, Satan came to her, the devil came to her, nagging at her, and said, you got all this stuff, you got all this stuff. You ever had the devil nag at you? You got all this stuff trying to get you to say, it's not fair, it's not fair. See, he tries to agitate a bitter root. He tries to agitate you to be bitter and prevent you from being better. That's right. Amen. That's right. And my wife says, that's right. I do have all this stuff. And you know what? She didn't say, yeah, that lousy husband of mine, he says he's doing ministry, but look at all the stuff I've got to do. You're absolutely right. This He needs to help me. She didn't say that. She submitted to me as on to the Lord. She didn't complain. And you know what happened within, I think it was within two weeks, God came to me and he said, which is it, ministry or business? I'll bless either. I'll bless both. I said, Ministry. He said, good, quit your job. Now, I'm not telling you to quit your job. I'm telling you to listen to Some of you might be, get a job. That might be what, they, what God is saying, you know. <laughs> now, I got news for you. When I quit my job, I didn't quit my job. I was putting in 100 hours a week before. Uh, in ministry, I've, I've worked as hard as in any job, so. Anyway. But she submitted his on to the Lord and God changed me. Why did I get down that trail? 
Submission, peace. Peace is, I know we have peace with God and I see God in you and I just want to bring this as a free will just as a love because I, I love you, a free will. We're the body of Christ and we share in a peace offering. We share in a celebration. We share in the testimonies of God. We share in the praises of God. What God is doing in your life is meant to be shared with others. Okay, now. I'll, you can go to my blogs and read more on the peace offering stuff. But today, I want to conclude by getting to a specific thing that God spoke to me for you. Lots going on in the world. It's not time to be distracted by the world. In the world, you're going to have trouble. But be of... Don't be troubled. Be of good courage. Okay, now, two things that can be multiplied in your life. Would you like something that's a really good thing that you could be multiplied in your life? Yes. Okay, now, mercy's cool because it's new every day. But mercy is just, is total, complete. Would you, would you like to get judgment over? Judgment? You want judgment? I'm going to give you the. I'm going to give you judgment. Okay. I'm going to give you an eternal judgment. Yeah. Do you believe in eternal judgments? Right. Okay. Here's an eternal judgment. This is the only judgment that's eternal. Every other judgment ends in nothing. You want an eternal judgment? Mercy. Mercy is a judgment. Mercy does not live where grace lives. Mercy lives where law lives. And it's the way out of law into grace. Ooh, that's good. Because in the knowledge of good and evil, there is always a requirement of judgment. So God has given you the judgment that gets you out from that tree into the tree of life. Mercy, according to Romans chapter 5, justifies you to live. But it doesn't empower you to live. Many people want mercy, but then they refuse to find grace. And so they live their lives constantly needing a judgment that frees them from death, which is not really living. Mercy is the judgment that frees you from death so that you can find grace. Hebrews 4.16, we come boldly to the throne of grace. Where is that? Is that on earth or in heaven? It's in heaven. It's access through your heart. It's a heavenly place in heaven and on earth, but it's a heavenly place, the throne of grace. The blood of the cross is found in the throne of grace because someone took it there and put it on the Mercy seat. Yeah. That's true. That's 
So the blood's not found at the cross. So quit trying to crucify yourself. Because <laughs> the blood's not found at the cross. It's found because of the cross. But it's found in the manifest presence of God. It's found by coming to Jesus. And he freely gives, when you reach out to receive your mercy, that's your judgment that frees you from death. It makes you justified to live. Then you find grace. Mercy is a gift that you reach out and take as it's given to you. It's not something you wait for God to give to you. He's already said it's yours. Reach out, take it. But then you have to find grace. Two thieves on the cross next to Jesus. One thief gets a revelation. We're on the cross. He looks at his buddy. We're on this cross because we're thieves. And he looks at Jesus between him and his comrade. And he realizes Jesus is not on the cross because he's a thief. He realizes Jesus is on the cross because he, the thief, is a thief. Yeah. That's right. And he says to his comrade, who's mocking Jesus, shut up. We deserve it. And then he looked at Jesus and he said, Jesus, will you remember me? Jesus said, today you will be with me. Jesus checked the calendar and said, today <laughs> you will be with me in paradise. Now, that was the day that a thief received the judgment of mercy and got to go into heaven. But if he had gotten down off the cross, he would have had to find grace because he was a thief. And if he didn't find grace, he would have still been a thief, and eventually he would have ended up on another cross. I'm, I'm dropping some nuggets on you here. Yeah. Jesus didn't come so that you would go to heaven when you die. He came so that heaven could come into your hell right now. Lots of people in the old covenant went to heaven. Jesus led captivity captive. He emptied Sheol, by the way. Even preached to those who died in the flood, according to Peter. But the kingdom of God is an internal kingdom. Jesus came so that the kingdom of God could come and the will of the Father could be done in your life on earth as it is in heaven. That would mean you need to find the manifest presence of God that empowers you to reign in life. What does that mean? Sometimes life sucks. Not every day, but sometimes a couple of times in a day. <laughs> and what do you need to do when that happens? You need to find the manifest presence of God in your life that changes you, that changes your circumstance. 
That's called grace. Grace changes you. If there's no change, you're not living by grace. Now let me give you, I'm on this trail, so let me give you another illustration. If you tell me that I can't make judgments of you because we're in a time of grace, you've demonstrated to me that you're a person of law. True. Yeah. So now I'm going to reverse it. If I'm a person of grace, you can make all the judgments you want of me. And it can't change me. That's right. <laughs> Amen. Because I don't need you to not judge me to be free in grace. <laughs> grace always gives, it never takes. Now, when you have grace, you can be merciful. Because mercy is what got you there in the first place. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't intend to go all the way down to this, but we're 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 in a place here. <laughs> Come on. This is a season. Grace is going to be multiplied. God's manifest presence in your life. Uh, Paul, John, James, Peter all wrote grace and peace to you. Yes. Peter was dealing with Jews who were really stuck on law, so he said grace and peace be multiplied to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Now, there's only one place, there's three letters, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. Those letters are letters written to, to pastors. Meant for us all to read, but they're, they're pastor's business. The kind of things pastors have to deal with. Okay? And in those, Paul says to pastors, Pastor Bryce, grace, peace, and mercy. Never said it to anybody else but pastors. Mercy to pastors. I don't know if it's because they need mercy for what's happened to them. Or mercy because of what they're thinking about doing to others. I don't know which it is. <laughs> but pastors need to be reminded of the judgment of mercy. Okay. <laughs> but grace and peace be multiplied. So if peace is a theology, theology can be multiplied. Let's say you have a house and it's 6,000 square feet. Come on, that's a big house, huh? <laughs> oh, let's, let's be extravagant. You have a house and there's 24,000 square feet to your house. And you're used to living in a 600 square foot apartment. And you got this 24,000 square foot house, and it's in its small oh man, it's it's got lots of spaces. Unbeknownst to you, there are secret chambers in the walls of your 24,000 square foot house. And every room is filled with life stuff. Peace is shalom. Wholeness, wellness, 
prosperity, healing, goodness, abundance. Peace is access to everything that's in God's refrigerator, everything that's in every cupboard that he has. Peace is access to heaven's supply. And heaven's supply access to you. Grace is God's manifest presence in your life, and God's manifest presence in your life uses everything that's in God's house to manifest the goodness of God in your life. Now, do you suppose in your 24,000 square foot house, and you're used to living in 600 square feet, do you suppose there might be some rooms you haven't been to yet? You think there might be some secret chambers you haven't found yet? I'm going to propose to you that the peace of God is like a 24,000, I mean it's bigger than that, but it's like a 24,000 square foot house that there are rooms that you've never been in before. And once you find an address, once you find a room, you realize you can go to that room as often as you want to. So peace being multiplied to you is you discovering the places in God that are available to be in you. Yes. So I believe that 2022 is a year of peace for us to discover places in God that we've never been to before that God will bring into our lives by his manifest presence and it's about community him, us, and us, and us so in closing I'm going to give you the scriptures that God spoke to me yesterday and then I watched pastor's video after that first of all in Isaiah chapter 26 the context is situations need to change. In verse 3 it says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for he is Yah. The Lord is everlasting strength. Keep your mind stayed on him. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, and requests concerning you and God are not cry out for rescue calls. They're intimate celebrations. Because there's no gap between you and God, you can constantly have a face-to-face -face with him. That's called prayer. You can have a supplication. Think of it in food and wine, as we would say in Portugal. Many good things to eat and to drink here. Yes. When you 
pray and you, you bring supplications and you bring thanksgivings and you bring requests to God, it's not in hope that he just might hear you. It's because you know he does hear you. It's communal. It's celebratory. Don't be anxious for anything. But in everything, in everything, with prayer, face to face, have you ever thought about in your day just saying to God, are you okay today? How you doing? Before you tell him everything you're thinking about, have you ever thought about saying, God, what you thinking about today? Before you try to fill his ear with everything you're thinking about that has nothing to do with today or now. Wow. <laughs> you make all your requests. You know, it would be like me coming home from a trip, and then my my wife just makes it gives me the great you know grocery to do list. You know, you know when I travel, we talk every day. Thank God for FaceTime. It's not as good as face to face, but thank God for FaceTime. When I started traveling in 1991, and I would be on the road for a month, my poor little daughter never, you know, she would hope the phone would ring. I, she's got wounding in her heart because her daddy had to go on those crazy trips. But <laughs> thank God at least now there's a face-to-face. -face. I just made my something, I don't know. Uh, so requests and thanksgiving and and supplications and prayer and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus the peace of God which surpasses all your understanding and that's not the absence of conflict that's the shalom that's the presence of God the substance of God in every situation will surpass your understanding so good it's not just an emotion. It's actual stuff happening in your life that blows your mind. And a steadfastness in your heart to know that that's how it's going to work out, even if I don't see it in this moment. Because peace is a thankfulness. Peace is a praise. Peace is not something, you don't throw someone in a volcano to get peace. Someone already went on the cross to give you peace. That's right. No one needs to be thrown into the volcano. And by the way, our father was not that kind of God. All right. <laughs> Last scripture. In Numbers This is the blessing that God said for Moses to speak over the family of God. And so I'm going to speak this over you in closing today. But God, you know our circumstances. You know our situations. You know what we're in. You know where we need deliverances. You know where we need healings. You know where our loved ones need to be touched. You, you know what's going on. So we need you right now to move into those circumstances, to let us see this. And so I say, the Lord bless you and keep you. 
the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And I say this so that all of the children of God, all of the sons and daughters of God, would be blessed by his name. We have peace. Let his face shine upon you. He loves your world. He loves you. And he just wants to look at you. Thank you, Jesus, that you're looking at my world right now. You're looking at my heart. You're looking at my life with a shining face. Huh. And your countenance is bringing light to my world. Miracles are happening. Testimonies are coming. So that we can be not just sons and daughters alone, but sons and daughters together who celebrate the testimonies of what you do. The reality of who we are because of who you are. And our connection is a family because we want to be with you and we want to be with one another in Jesus name. Amen. 2022, a year of peace. God bless you.